0: Well here we are at the first official Becoming One Church cast. Kinda of woke up today and thought, let's do podcasts. <laughs> um actually a little more planning than that went into it. I was thinking monthly episodes. So to start, why don't I do something easy? and tell you the meaning of life (laughs) right no ambition there come on you always wanted to know that so find that out here today on the becoming one church cast seriously though uh, we're going to talk about the meaning of life because so much of Christianity doesn't. It doesn't go there. Or it looks at life as as some kind of a mistake almost. A creation that took on a mind of its own and steered off God's path. Or, you know, think of it like that artwork you created at your first paint and sip class that you were really, really proud of for a while, Um, and then you started to scrutinize it more, and then you moved it into another room in the corner where the light wasn't going to hit it, and now you hate it, and you had to send a flood because you were sorry you made it and wash it all away and then burn it up in the fire and send it into hell. Right? It's like that. You know that artwork you don't like that you made. That's what Christianity likes to think of the creation as. But God didn't make a mistake. This was not a mistake. There is a master plan. and. No one is discarded in that plan. That's very, very important. No one is discarded. So we're gonna talk about the meaning of life. We're gonna go there today. Um, so we were made to live in paradise. We were made to live in paradise. And clearly, that's not what is going on now. So what is going on now? Because clearly, that's not it. Um, we are not in paradise. So what happened? Um, how did everything go wrong? Why wasn't it a mistake? And what is the plan? Well, to talk about the meaning of life, um, first of all, we should probably talk about meaning itself, and it can be it can be so hard to stay connected to and find the deeper meaning in all the noise that is your life. Your life is the day to day noise that happens. And sometimes we just get caught up in that noise and it's so hard to see past that. Um, there are so many terrible, awful things that can and do happen um, day to day, week to week, year to year. Um, and and we might not even live that long. Some of us don't live that long. so. How do we find meaning in this giant mess? Um, You might, a lot of us go to work, we're at work, and work is kind of, let's face it, it's kind of a totalitarian environment. It's a place where you don't have freedom of expression. Um, You have to do what someone else says. You have to give up your time. You have to leave the people you love. Your eyes might be glazing over. People might be backstabbing and sniping. Um, so, how do you find the meaning of life through that kind of day to day noise? Or, you know, maybe you're not at work, but you're caring for children, and um, that has its own challenges, right? I mean, even if you're not a parent who hasn't heard the mom on Facebook talking about her kids are driving her crazy. Or maybe you were that demon child yourself. Um, that definitely has its challenges and and sometimes um our kids ha- kids have challenges that um and, and sad sadness that befalls them and, and illness and and then, how do you find meaning when that happens? Or um, maybe you're, maybe you're, maybe you're in school, you're in college, and uh, you're sitting inside and you're studying, or you're staring at a computer screen, and and that's that is your youth. This is your youth. Like should be the best years of your life, and um, you're working. You're you're spending this time studying hard to to better yourself, but. How do you find the meaning in life when you're spending your days waiting for the payoff later? Um, Or maybe you're sitting in traffic and you're just waiting for that light to turn green for the third time, so maybe, just maybe, you can make it through the intersection this time. Right? Um, Or if you are sitting in traffic, Let's take a moment to recognize that you're, you're actually blessed because there's people right now who don't have a car, they don't have clean water, uh, they're sick, or they're in a war zone, and they would love to be sitting in traffic right now. <laughs> they would love to be sitting in traffic right now. Well, how do you find the great master plan in that? W- what is this? Um... And in the uh, developed world, you're bombarded with advertising every day, um, talking about materialism, encouraging materialism, um, having you look to, hey, if you just get that new coach purse, everything will work out just fine. That's all you need. That's what you need in life, right? That's the message that we get bombarded with all day long in uh, modern society and we have this great reliance on things we can observe and science and science is great we love science right Um, but sometimes it it sucks the magic out of life and you start to think of everything is biology and and, then chemistry and and materials and everything has an explanation but all these things if you just you go a little deeper and you dig a little bit we all know how to find some meaning in the day-to-day like with with medicine um, you know just just recently I knew somebody who uh, woke up with a pinched nerve because they slept wrong And they went to the doctor and they were hoping that they could get a pill or, you know, like, I don't know, an adjustment and their nerve would be unpinched and they would feel great and everything would go back. And the doctor would know just what to do, but they didn't know just what to do. There were all kinds of different treatment plans, different progressive types of treatment. And um, there just wasn't any way to just unpinch that nerve and that's just a pinched nerve so you start to realize that there's so much we don't know about the observable material world the human body is a magical amazing beautiful complex machine and we don't fully understand it we're learning about it Uh, people go to school for years for medicine and we still know so little about it it's an amazing machine or um, other ways that we all search for meaning day to day those same kids that maybe drive you crazy uh, just looking into your to your little kids eyes to your baby's eyes I mean who who can't find meaning there who doesn't find meaning looking into a baby's eyes right um Or your your lover, your relationship, um, if you have one. So there's your your best friend, the light of your life, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know maybe they're driving you crazy, right? Um, there's there's meaning there, lots of meaning or um, you know, if you're not in a relationship or you just got dumped, I'm sorry for bringing that up. But you can, you maybe you know what it was like, or you are hoping for um, something like that in the future. And then there's our friends. We find meaning with our friends. Uh, you know, if you just got dumped, your friend shows up on the porch with two six packs of beer. If you drink, and it's like, hey, yeah, I'll cheer you up. Let's let's watch uh, marathon TV, or um, maybe a gallon of ice cream if you don't drink. And hey, let's eat ice cream together. Uh, forget that person. Come on. If I'm meeting with her parents. Um, as we grow older, we learn that our parents really did know what they're talking about and they had some very valuable wisdom and um, we start to notice that, that great cycle that eventually takes them away from us. What is that? Is that biology? Is that evolution? What is it that that takes them away from us, but what if I told you? in all this day-to-day noise and all this search for meaning in the people around us um, there really is a deeper reason for all of this a rational deeper reason um, and it, and it's it's amazing and it's beautiful and it's clarity and I'm going to tell you <laughs> that there is and I'm gonna tell you what we we think it is um, so there's the the experience of dying um, <laughs> and that just it it sucks sucks the life out of the this, this search for meaning in life to think that there could be an end um, what is this? What happens after you die? I mean, you can have the most meaningful life ever, but if the afterlife is horrible or meaningless or nothing, that kind of puts a damper on all of it, doesn't it? Um, so what, what is that? What is it? And, um, you know, no one should be taking life that seriously because no one's getting out alive, right? <laughs> but, um, that is all jokes aside um, it is this is serious this is a serious subject it's something we all want to know the answer to I mean is there an afterlife we obviously think so we're a church (laughs) Um, what is what is death Uh, is it bad I mean obviously it's not something you want to seek after but what what is it? Um, recently, I saw an article about uh, a woman who, who was skiing and, and she got buried in an avalanche and she was clinically dead for 20 minutes before she was miraculously dug out of the snow. And she remembered, when she was revived, she remembered walking through a forest and how peaceful and beautiful it felt. Um, there's all kinds of beautiful descriptions of like uh, light at the end of the tunnel, stories of uh, life after death where somebody's clinically dead and then they come back. And then others would say, well, that's just like the bug that you squashed on your living room floor and it, or your kitchen floor and its legs are still moving. That's what that is, right? <laughs> but no, no, we, we don't think that's what that is. Um, so we're here to say that there is something concrete and rational, and a real plan. And you don't have to buy the crappy ideas anymore. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to 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 buy the the explanations that that don't make any sense. Um, what is the afterlife? Oh. There's this idea that it's this great dichotomy. Of it's heaven or hell. You know, make your choice now, because because it's gonna be hot out there, kids. You know, if you make the wrong choices, right? But that's that's not what it's about. It's about a great integration, a great unity, um, a real meaning and joy. So now to the meaning of life, and to get there. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you some places I'm gonna I'm gonna take you to the serpent to the the garden to the Potter to the spiritual creation to the school and and to the holy temple Uh, we're gonna go to all those places to learn about the great integration that is the master plan of life. So, the serpent. Um, so, there's a, a garden in paradise, and God put a serpent in paradise. Come on! The tempter. Put the tempter in paradise. He's rigging the game. God rigged the game. He took these innocent humans who were in paradise and put them there with a talking serpent. I mean, obviously we don't really necessarily think the serpent was talking. Um, We think of the tempter more as the the angels that, that the fallen angels, the bad angels. So maybe Eve was looking at the serpent, and she was tempted by, by um, the the real tempter, and just kind of the analogy makes it a serpent in the garden. But um, actually, it's it's the tempter. Um, I mean, what a way to stack the deck, right? Come on, just those two and the one talking togging animal <laughs> is the serpent that wow and uh, you know they they weren't gonna win that game I mean there they are in in paradise with this nasty serpent um, and then they get kicked out and cursed by God Adam has to work and um, eat by the sweat of his brow for the rest of his life and Eve is is cursed with them um, interestingly, interestingly enough, with, uh, desiring men greatly, but they will rule over. Men will, men will rule over her. <laughs> think about that, women. Um, and also, a uh, painful, painful, uh, childbirth and labor. So, uh, when you're in labor, you can think of that. Thanks, Eve. <laughs> We're having a bad day at work. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for, uh, thanks you two for listening to that a uh, serpent air in paradise way to go guys right but um, that was actually supposed to happen they were supposed to screw up it was calculated that game was rigged come on that's pretty obvious that was gonna go one way um, so there was that and then there was also the garden. Now I'm sure the the garden of Eden had some pretty amazing uh, fo- foliage, some pretty amazing plants and trees. But um, it had two uh, special trees: the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of life. And we didn't get to have any fruit from the tree of life yet. So, uh, humans partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil uh, because the tempter told them they would become like God if they did that. And they were kicked out of paradise? Uh, Well, you know, you can't learn about good and evil in paradise because there's no evil in paradise, right? So of course they had to get kicked out. um, Because they the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil um, they were cast out but that was supposed to happen too and if you think about it a garden um, what was God growing in that garden I mean he has the knowledge of good and evil tree the tree of life I mean that kind of sounds like that's a little that's a little planned out right and you're not gonna learn good and evil in paradise so uh, I don't know, it kind of sounds like a plan. So they had to leave. And that wasn't a mistake. The garden wasn't a mistake. The trees, the trees, that really tells you something. Those two trees. It's almost like two steps. You know, first you learn about good and evil outside of paradise. And then you get maybe the fruit from the tree of life. and what we say is, you couldn't have enjoyed paradise if, if you were always in paradise. You wouldn't have even understood that you were in paradise. So that's why, if, that, if that's all you ever knew, you, wouldn't, you probably wouldn't recognize that you were in paradise. So they partook of the fruit and they got kicked out of the garden. So, the garden, that's the garden. Now, my favorite, the potter. Um, There's this figure in the Bible of a potter in Isaiah 45, 9. It says, woe to those who quarrel with their maker. Does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? What are you making? What are you making? What are you making, God? What is this? But we say that all the time, right? But we're the clay and He's the potter. We're on the wheel. We're being formed. And maybe some of us take longer than others, but how can we complain if we're not done yet? I mean, we're on the wheel. We're the lumps of clay. We're being formed. We're going to say, hey, you know, I don't like this process. I don't like how I'm being formed. Well, He's not done yet. We're not done yet. Um, And when we are done, we'll be fired up and we'll have our Maker's seal imprinted on the bottom and be all uh, fired up and ready to go, Um, sealed and set. (laughs) So uh, that brings me to the spiritual creation. This is a spiritual creation. We're the clay. On the wheel and the Potter is creating us and this is a spiritual creation sure there was a physical creation the physical world and then um, us with our emotions and our spirits and probably the creation of there was the creation of the spiritual world but then there's another step and it's the spiritual creation and that is forming us as fully wise um, wise knowledgeable beings with the knowledge of good and evil um, so that we can begin to truly live um, if we had always like I said if we had always lived in paradise if we woke up and every day was like the Bahamas and every day we were in I don't know our penthouse in in the Bahamas and we're eating like Amazing food and sleeping in as much as we want and um, playing in the water and the sun. If that was all we had ever known, would we really be able to be happy? Would we even know what we had? Uh, would we understand anything really? I mean, what would we understand? So, in order to be truly knowledgeable beings, we go through this spiritual creation. Um. You know, if we were just plunked down in paradise and that's all we ever knew, would we really understand it? No, probably not. I mean, you all know those spoiled brats who just don't get it. Who, who grew up rich and they they don't understand. They didn't. They don't get it. I mean, if we were plunked down in paradise and every day was awesome, we wouldn't get it either. We wouldn't be um, rich, complex spiritual beings, we would be half formed. So there's a a spiritual a spiritual creation. And maybe you're wondering, well, uh, that's all well and good. I mean, you know, you live your life, you learn, but what about those who don't get to live very long? What about the babies and the kids who pass away? I mean a lot of of children pass away before reaching the age of seven what happens to them where is their spiritual creation well we have a place for them too and um, you know we'll get into that probably in another podcast but they have their place too and they're all part of the great integration where the creation all learns from each other um, there's good angels and bad angels and there's um, humanity and we're all we all learn from each other but the short story of it is this is a spiritual creation these are the the days of of labor before the Great Sabbath and before the new heaven and the new earth where um, the spiritual creation is groaning and and forming and turning on the potter's wheel so we went through the serpent and um, The garden and its trees, the potter, the spiritual creation, now we're at the school. Um, Life is school. The spiritual creation is school. Humans are in school. This is school. (laughs) Spiritual school. Um, You need, opposite qualities need each other for you to learn about them, so good needs evil and evil needs good, at least initially, so you can tell the difference. Uh, that's why there's this sacrifice this time of evil we have to learn Um, you can't know light without knowing dark good without knowing evil up without knowing down up without knowing down so um, we have to live in a time of evil Um, so we're here and we're going through our trials and our tribulations and we're learning. And that's school. And so the serpent, the garden and its trees, the potter, the spiritual creation, school, and finally a holy temple. The holy temple. Um in Hebrews we talk about the temple being a shadow of things to come. Um and we are all forming the holy temple of God. We not only are our bodies a temple, not only is Jesus a temple, He raised again in three days, but we're all part of the temple. And, um, Jesus laid the cornerstone, and we are all going to be part of God's uh, finished product. God is building a beautiful temple the body of christ all of us together united as one god is a builder and christ was a carpenter and we are being molded and fashioned after a holy pattern a shadow of things to come we are being created as full spiritual beings a holy temple of uh, believers, every one of us, all humans, fully formed and complete, a, a beautiful shining city on a hill. So God rigged the game. He put a he put a serpent in the garden with two trees, and he let us have the bad fruit from the tree, so that we could learn. But we can't get mad at him because he's the potter and we're in school and he's building us he he's the master builder and we're going to be part of his holy unified creation his holy temple of wonderful fully formed humanity so that's kind of the blueprint of life we have to go through these trials and tribulations so that in the new heaven and earth We are fully formed spiritual beings. Um, So that's like the short kind of blueprint of this master plan. That is the meaning of life. I mean, it's it's school. We're learning. We're learning good and evil. We're learning good and evil. Um, You know what? Why do we need to learn? Um, I mean, happiness is elusive. Um, I remember. Um, there was somebody uh, I knew when I was a, a child who was a f- a family friend, and uh, this was somebody who made a comment that they they couldn't imagine waking up every day in a perfect world. How boring would that be? I mean, something has to go wrong. There have to be winners and losers, or what fun would that be? Um, And I thought to myself at the time, wow, she still has some lessons to learn. And I have a feeling she's going to have a hard time because she hasn't learned her lessons of life yet. And lo and behold, um, we ran into her uh, many years later. And after drifting apart, and we knew her her husband had left. He drained the checking account. He left, but many things had um transpired since then. Um, she had to go back to work, and I don't I don't think that was really what she wanted. So instead of staying home with her kids, she did go back to school, go back to work, move in with her mom. Um, and then she got cancer and not just cancer but a horrible kind of cancer I mean all cancers horrible but this one especially difficult and so many trials and so much tribulation and um, she said something at some point I you know about her former life back then you know like wistfully and I got the feeling she finally would appreciate waking up in a paradise. Uh, finally, she would know the meaning of it after this, this horrible school, this horrible lesson she went through. Um, sometimes we have to lose to win. In fact, we have to lose to win. We, to know what winning is, you have to know what losing is. To know good, we have to know evil. But wait. So, if evil is part of the plan, doesn't this, on some level, involve God with evil? Why, yes, yes, it does. Thank you for asking. Um, Isaiah, Isaiah says, um, in in forty five seven, says, "I form the light and create the darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. I form the light." And create darkness. I make peace. And create evil. And create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Uh, yes, yes, He does. Um, this is part of the master plan, and it has to do with the nature of of God. God's going through a transformative process too. Um, God's going through a transformative process too uh, but we'll get we'll get to more of that process in another podcast um, but it has to do with the nature of God so that's kind of the short version of the meaning of life and um, uh, in our theology and how we see it so um, what is the becoming one church all about um, so w- w- what what are we all about and where do we get these ideas well um, we were founded in the 1970s and the focus of the church is the truth the search for the truth Um the search for the truth and a focus on the truth is the most important thing you will never catch the church defending something that's fake or that they don't believe in a hundred percent if it's fake no, it we're not going to be defending it it has to we're looking for the truth and we're going to discard stuff that isn't proved along the way that doesn't stand up to scrutiny the search for the truth is is that the highest it's it's the whole way this started which is searching for what makes the most sense what is most rational what is most true uh, what is most spiritual what speaks to us the most and it turns out that's um inclusivity and unity and um so it's that and that's all part of this master plan is it all kind of revolves around a coming unity. Um, another thing that we're about, besides a focus on the truth, is um, a way to read the Bible that focuses on the higher meaning. Um, there's The Bible is dual. There are dual meanings to many things in the Bible, and actually even sometimes there's many, many layers of meaning. Um, There's often a type and an anti-type, and uh, you need to look for the highest truth. You need to look to the highest meaning. Uh, And also, when you read the Bible, a a really um, handy tool to use is to take all the verses uh, on one subject and kind of read them together and... You'll find that this helps to interpret things. The Bible can interpret itself. Like take all the verses on stars together or on angels, and it's amazing the 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 meaning that can come out of that because the Bible interprets itself. So focus on the truth, and then this um, way of reading the Bible, and also uh, God's name um, and the inclusivity in God's name, and we say that God's name is not the I am that you've been told uh, God's name is not I am um, it's I will be it's I will be when God was revealing his name to Moses he said that his name was I will be and um, in English kind of to make this more grammatically easy on us um, the best way to say it is the becoming one the becoming one. And that's how we get the church name, becoming one church. Uh, the name of God is becoming one. And this is about this coming unity, all wrapped up in God's name. God's name is so um, beautiful. It reflects the whole creation plan the one body, one holy temple, um, full and complete God, um, unity. And Another part of this is uh, universal salvation. Now, before you reject that right out of hand, like, oh, wow, that is not in the Bible. What are you people trying to sell me? Um, Actually, we would say that this theme runs throughout the Bible, but mistranslation and misunderstanding have obscured it through the centuries. But there are plenty of verses that say every knee will bow, and God desires to see the salvation of all humans, and what God desires, God gets. Um, No one's thwarting God's plan. And all of this talk about hell and damnation, maybe you're just missing something in the reading. And we, um, we actually say there's good news hiding in plain sight. Good news. Really, really good news. And, th- and that is uh, universal salvation. We have an extensive theological Underpinning to that, oh, you might say, well, wait a minute. I, I know there's people I do not want to see in my heaven. Are you telling me these people are going to be saved? No, please, not Bob. Come on, not Bob. Um, or well, wait, a popular one is, well, what about what about Hitler? Um, yeah, there's evil. There's horrible people, but think about this. What power is it? What amazing power? could turn the heart of even evil, the worst and most extensive evil, and have that evil change its mind, repent, bow and knee and worship God, come back to their father's house and say, Let me be your servant. Um God, you were right. The repentance of evil and we believe God really is that powerful that he can change every mind and every heart and that somehow he does um, so uh, and and I mean that's other podcasts but if uh, you can't wait to hear this uh, theology that underpins that there are a couple papers on um, all saved on our website www.becomingone.org and you can go there now and pull those up for free right away if you can't wait so there you go so we're saying there is good news really good news and plenty of it Um, We are not awful, awful creatures that a flood had to come and wash away because we were a mistake. We were a carefully calculated plan. Um, Churches are telling us today God made a mistake and the creation made a mistake and then went off the path. And we are on the path we are exactly where we're supposed to be God had a plan and we are unified holy city on a hill of brothers and sisters and we have a future and hope and we have a beautiful salvation waiting for us life is holy and there is meaning and more beautiful meaning that we perhaps can even comprehend and there will be a new heaven and a new earth and the former things will be put aside and the master plan just keeps rolling along and you're welcome to like look at it with these new eyes and roll it out and study it and understand it and realize that you're in school and you have a creator who cares very much for you a potter a master builder and the meaning of life is that you are meant to live out your days in paradise and it is coming So do your best that you can now and take the lessons as they come and understand God is in control and God is here for you and he's helping you and things are only going to get better. And there you go. There's the meaning of life. So until next time, um, You have a great day.